it's Ronnie Davis, and you're listening to Eating More, the place to be if you want to learn how to stop eating in ways that make you feel like crap, if you want to end the weight and food war, and start reimagining healthy eating and living. We'll show you how to change your mind, your food world, and your life with less doing and more being. Hi, welcome. I'm here today with my amazing client, Holly, and we were just going to have a little bit of a conversation about her story with dieting and body image struggles and healthy eating and all of those things. And she's going to share a little bit about where she was when she started with my work and where she's at now. So hi, Holly, welcome. Thank you so much for being here and doing this today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really excited because uh, mm. you've, you've made a whole lot of shifts in a really short, relatively short period of time. Yes. I remember when you, yeah. when you first started with me or before you even started some of the first emails I got from you. <laughs> sheer desperation yeah <laughs> yeah they were <laughs> yeah we went back and forth for a bit you were pretty scared before you started as i remember and yeah. um so we went back and forth quite a bit before you before you finally before you finally decided to to jump in uh do you mind me asking what what was the final before we get into your story and and you know go back a little bit farther than this but what what was the first or the final straw for you? What 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 made you join? What was the final deciding factor that made you start this this work? Do you think? I think um, you use a phrase. How's that working for you? Quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All the the diet fads and um, and the anxiety and the failed attempts at weight loss clearly weren't working for me because I just went into this self-destructive mode and I just thought well I have nothing left to lose really because I don't want to continue to live my life in the the cycle that I had been living in for years yeah yeah for sure and how many years how when did you when do you when is your first memory of being aware of what your body looked like and and that maybe maybe you should be trying to control it or controlling your food intake. When is your sort of first memory of any of that kind of stuff? I, I actually remember being about 13 and sitting in a lesson at school and writing out my diet plan for the week. Oh. Um, I did a lot of sport growing up and I think that had a major influence on me um, because everybody around me looked a certain way. But yeah, yeah the food planning from about 13. Mm, yeah. And do you remember what that was like? Do you remember what were the, do you remember what the, what the results of it were, or what it was like and, and um, where you went from there? Um, it just remained a constant obsession, comparing myself to other people, listening to what people said about me. Um, if I sat down and um, naturally when you sit down, you have skin on your stomach. Um, and I think, oh, I need to get rid of that. Um, I can remember having these thoughts, but the food was constant being afraid of carbs. I remember from a very young age deciding that I didn't want butter on my bread. 
mm. or margarine or anything because at that time it was fat is bad for you and mm-hmm. um, I can remember so many things and I, I became terrified of anything that I was eating yeah all of the rules yeah I remember carbs were the first thing for me too as as I've talked about before you know I was introduced mm-hmm. to the Atkins diet first and then after Atkins I remember reading a book that said Carbs weren't so bad after all, but, but the problem was that you're just mixing them with, with too much fat. So don't just eat your carbs and your fat separately. And then it's okay to eat the carbs as long as you're not mixing them. So then I got obsessed about having to trying not to eat them at the same time, but you can't eat bread without butter. And then, so it was just, yeah. So you can relate. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, the fear of different food groups, which is ridiculous because it gets to a point where you think, well, what can I eat? And yeah. I'd, I'd go to a place where I'd rely solely on fruit and vegetables, but then I'd be checking the quantities of carbohydrates in a bit of broccoli. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that, that food fear? Because I know that, um, I know you've talked, you know, a little bit about that, just, just the the fear of eating anything and how yeah. and how obsessive you got about trying to eat so perfectly what that was like yeah so I'd um sign maybe I'd sign up for a, a diet plan with mm-hmm. rules or regulations but, but more or less they were all the same and I'd always find myself just looking in the fridge or in the cupboards and thinking well what can I eat that's not going to make me feel really guilty after eating it mm-hmm. um and it it became scary. I was scared to have bread for more than, you know, have bread more than once a week. And I'd have almost panic attacks in the shop because I didn't know what I could buy that was be, that would be okay to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going out, uh, you know, restaurants and stuff with friends. Yeah. yeah, Awful because every, and also everybody would always say, oh, you can eat anything you want um, mm. because you do so much exercise and that and it, that as well would create a really scary situation because I'd have to try to eat the right thing according to the rest of the world and myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, even, even outside of the, you know, what am I supposed to lose to, what am I supposed to eat to lose weight? It's also the, what am I supposed to eat to be healthy? Because I know that you had this, this, you know, deep fear of eating the wrong thing and being unhealthy. Right. And, 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 uh, you know, you're, you've talked about how your identity had, had become really attached to that. Well, you know, Holly's the one that eats right. Holly's the one that exercises Holly's, but behind the scenes, (laughs) what was really going on? Um, behind the scenes, I was, um, obsessing over food so I'd go through a period of time where I could really stick to a diet and then mm-hmm. that'd be it I I'd crumble I'd binge and in my head I'd just be constantly saying well I'll start again tomorrow which would mean I could just eat anything I wanted and I would mm-hmm. go to the shop and buy chocolate carbs everything that I'd deprive myself of eat it all then go back to the shop do the same thing go out for dinner, eat everything that I actually had wanted for the weeks and weeks mm-hmm. uh, before. And I'd also justify it by saying, well, I didn't have it for the last few weeks. So surely now I can have as much as I want and I'll exercise as much as possible tomorrow. But yeah, I'd just be out of control and eating and feeling guilty. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. When did the, when did the binging start? Do you remember how old you were when that started? 
do you know, it, I don't remember the first time I did it, um, but I remember, I think it was over cereal, actually. I think I told <laughs> myself that cereal was really bad for you. And I decided that I wouldn't eat it. And I think that was the first thing that I couldn't stop eating. Um, yeah, a chocolate cereal. I remember I ate, I ate the whole box. <laughs> Mine was jujubes. <laughs> Crazy, four, right? Four days. And I, and, I rem, and I remember it. It was four days into my first attempt at, quote, clean eating. Yeah. And um, I, it, I, I bought a bag of jujubes because I just needed something sweet. And I ate the entire bag. And I looked at the bag and I did the math on how much was in a whole bag. Cause you know, they never say what's in the bag. They say what's in a serving, but when you're a binger, a serving is a bag yeah. <laughs> or three. So I, I did the math on what was in the bag. And, and I remember um, feeling disgusted with myself, but at that moment it was like, I had no idea how much worse it was going to get. Like that was for yeah. me was just the beginning. And it got, just got so much worse for me after that. Did it get yeah. worse for you after the cereal? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think as the years went on, the more, the more I found myself signing up to this healthy eating, this clean yeah. eating, um, the more pressure I was applying to myself to look a certain way, the more I was reliant on those binges. And mm. it kind of felt nice to lose the control and not have the rules. But yeah, that, that was so brief. That was the first bite. And then anything after that, it was just feeding my misery absolute misery yeah of having to live by these rules and want to look a certain way not for myself but to please the rest of the world uh yeah basically yeah just for that validation and and just to try to yeah. try to feel like you were good enough right yeah. I noticed many sort of after years after my own I, I kind of started pulling my own head out that yeah like the obsession that I had with what I looked like it was never for me it was never for me because the reality is we don't see ourselves. We don't get to enjoy it. We see ourselves for like two minutes in the mirror when we're getting dressed. And then we don't get to see it the whole rest of the day. We're not the ones that, you know, it's, it's for the rest of the world just to kind of, you know, put up this appearance of being perfect or something, or, you know, thinking, feeling that we're good enough and getting that validation, the validation that comes from it. I know that, um, you know, we've talked a lot about that on, on calls, the validation that, that you can get from, from that. Um, you know, when you do lose the weight and you start having everybody praise you because you had, you had lost weight, you had, you had, uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I, um, I looked, I'll say it myself. I looked really good according to this, this image of health that you're supposed to, supposed to look a certain way. I, I looked that good. Yeah. Um, I was an avid runner. I ran a lot. I did a lot of weights. Um, everybody all the time would say, oh, you look really good. You're really strong. You're really fast. They'd say, but don't go too far. Mm -hmm. um, and that would almost make me want to go further. Oh, you're, mm -hmm. you're so slim. Don't go too, don't go any skinnier. And I, I would want to, like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. I can get skinnier. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a constant an, an obsession of, of yeah. trying to maintain this image as well which is the hard part because you, you can't maintain that because my body's not naturally meant to be that way and I don't yeah. it's hard work yeah yeah I, I know after you started this process you talked about um almost getting some of your health back 
Mm, yeah, definitely. Like your physical health has has improved since you yeah. started this process. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think with that definitely. So I've suffered with psoriasis on my skin mm-hmm. for years and years and years. Um, notoriously, psoriasis gets worse when you are really stressed over stuff. And I don't think I realized quite how stressed I was until I've stopped being so stressed and so anxious about things. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my skin's much better. I haven't had periods since I had my daughter um, because I think because I was underweight for my yeah. body, not yeah. for my BMI or any of these these other assessments, but because my body was out of balance, I was. I wasn't listening to it I wasn't giving it what it needed and it was trying to tell me but I just wasn't listening you know yeah because it becomes more about controlling it and um you know doing what we think we're supposed to do for it versus listening to what it actually needs and then just feeding that the obsession with the validation right and then you know what it's almost like I've, I've talked about this before it's almost like the illusion of health becomes more important than actual health for sure, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And and when you're in that, it's it's you don't. You know, I like what you said that when you said I I didn't even re- realize how stressed I was, mm. because the obsession is so all consuming and so normal, right? We when you're living that with that food obsession for so many years, it it just becomes normal. And you know, it's hard and it's kind of sucks and you kind of wish it to go away and it's kind of tiring, but you don't recognize, first of all, how abnormal it is, but second, how exhausting and stressful it actually is and, and the damage that just even that stress over the food fear, how much damage that's doing to your body your, yeah, and your and mental it, health. Yeah, definitely. And it also, the little things, it, how it affects some the occasions um in your life maybe just going for a meal with your family or I've said before when we've been talking every photo I have I can tell you that day how I was feeling about food maybe not a specific amount of calories I had anymore but I can tell you how I felt whether I felt good about myself bad about myself but all of that was based on how many calories I'd eaten that day or whether I'd been good that day or exercised enough that day or punished myself enough for eating what I'd eaten that day. I, I can remember it all. And it, it shouldn't be about that. It should have been about that the moments I was spending with the people that are special to me. Yeah. Just enjoying your family and enjoying the moments, right? Yeah. 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 So how many years do you think you lived like that? Um, I mean, it must 17 years. I'm 30 wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it got it got progressively worse um, in the last you know six years, um, but so did the yo-yo dieting. Um, mm. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, as it does, right? Yeah. So so then, how did you do? You remember how you found my work? And yeah, your, I do. yeah, I do. I remember. Um, I'd actually I'd moved countries. Uh, with work and um, I thought oh it's going to be a fresh start new new place new me I'm going to be able to maintain this this healthy lifestyle that um, that I'd uh, been sort of maintaining and um, yeah the binging just got worse and worse because the opportunity to binge was more uh, was easier there was less people that I knew there was more social occasions so not only could I overeat 
in public I could binge at home after mm-hmm. I'd overeaten it was like mm-hmm. my body was not my body sorry my mind was just um this is fantastic <laughs> yeah. you know that part of me yeah. it seems crazy thinking about it now um, it just got progressively worse and worse and I was sat in bed one night and I felt sick to my stomach um mm-hmm. I'd eaten so much food I felt disgusting I'd done the whole oh the diet will start the next day mm-hmm. and I just I was searching on google about um uh, binge eating and how to help myself and what to do this was maybe the I don't know, the thousandth time I'd done this Google search and somehow I came across your site I don't know how it was like uh, meant to be um <laughs> but I'd just been searching and searching I think over the years I clicked on every single link and you know due to the distance I would never have thought that we would that it would even come up on my search bar yeah um but I found your site I downloaded the um micro course oh yeah um, that you have on there um and I think I started it the very next day and I I listened to I, I read I read the information that was there and over the next three days I sort of felt this a bit of a lift like oh there's mm. a different way of doing this um and I I commented on maybe one of your posts or something and you got back to me straight away and I thought oh actually there's there is a person on the end of this <laughs> you know there's somebody responding to me yeah um and I believe that's when I emailed you mm. um or you actually gave me your email and then I emailed you and we just started conversing via email didn't we yeah um yeah the night I found your page was I was just sheer desperation I just needed to get out of this rut that I was in for mm-hmm. so long I think I, I was exhausted just yeah. done enough yeah yeah. Yeah. I remember when you, I remember seeing your comments on the micro course mm. and um, I, re- I remember you commenting on how much lighter you felt Yeah, and yeah. how much kinder you were being to yourself. Um, just, just FYI for anybody tuning in the micro course that Holly's talking about, I have recently been working on revamping and updating it, upgrading, and it's, uh, going to be re-released very soon on my website and you can find it under um, foundations for peace that's the new name so that's where you'll be able to find this course that that holly's talking about yeah and so you were you i remember you commenting um you know that that had been helping you so much that you know you were you were mentioning that you were um you know, sort of wishing you could take the the main one or something. And so we started talking back and forth about that. And I just remember fear in all of your messages, there was just fear. And I remember going through your messages and I feel, I feel like everything you said, I just kept saying, that's fear. Yeah. That's fear. That's fear. And I think the reason why I was so scared um, was I was viewing this as um, another opportunity to uh, diet, to find a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, And I was so scared. I'd failed so many times. Yeah. Um, And I thought, oh, this is just another diet that I'm going to fail at. But it's not about the diet. It's about actually listening to your body and Mm. what your body needs according to your body and not the rules that, um all of these fad diets set out for you 
Yeah, I, and I think I, I feel like I even remember you saying that in one of the emails that, you know, I failed so many healthy lifestyle attempts before, yeah. like I'm scared to, I'm scared it's just going to be the same again. And I'm just, it's just going to be another thing like that, that I fail. Um, yeah. But yeah, then you got in and you realize that it's, it's quite different. Um, talk about some of the things that you've learned since joining. Um, so the things I've learned about myself are um, the need to try and kind of control everything that I eat, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, almost every part of my life actually. But yeah. I do think that stemmed from the the this this need to control um, how I look, how people see me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also learned how I was using exercise as punishment, mm-hmm. uh, whereas it shouldn't. It doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. Again, if you listen to your body, um, you you know what your body needs at the time. Mm. I definitely learned that. I've learned a lot of coping mechanisms. I've learned mm. to be kinder to myself, to reduce the negative talk and to catch that negative talk and yeah. replace it with something else. For sure, replace it with something else and take a breath. Mm. Just take a breath, connect to my breath. If I feel anxious, breathe and start from there. Um, yeah there's a mountain of stuff that I've learned and it's all been because of yourself and the 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 women in the in the group Mm. um support the workbooks it all it's so clear and it all makes sense and it makes it all so easy to understand why why the binging happened Mm -hmm. yeah and then so that you're not blaming yourself for it quite so much right yeah that's that's, and then that's Yeah. And then the self-punishment tends to stop. Um, Yeah. All of the gals in the group, I always say I get the best clients. It's always such a great, such a great group Mm. of ladies. Yeah. And the groups always so supportive of each other and in the process. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, Yeah. It's learning to forgive yourself as well. Learn to forgive yourself. If you make a little mistake or you maybe eat something like a piece of cake for example it's okay that's okay you don't need to beat yourself up about it you don't need to go to the gym and torture yourself for three hours it's just cake you don't need to be scared of it Um, and you don't need to binge the whole rest of the day and promise yourself you're gonna be good tomorrow (laughs) no no it's just cake yeah yeah um what so so yeah what are some of the biggest changes in you know we talked a little bit about what you've learned but what are some of the biggest changes you've experienced since joining like compare your life now to your life before joining there's so many um so now I don't get so anxious about going out and just meeting people and going out Mm. for meals and um I feel like before I was very angry about Mm. things might be very quick to anger and that was because I was spending such a lot of my time worrying about yeah. what food I was going to eat, what food I had ate, how many calories, how many steps. Um, so I was all out of energy. So my, I'd go to anger. I was all out of energy. I'd go straight to anger. And now I just feel like I'm able to, to have that much more free headspace. Mm. Um, I'm calmer in my approach to things. Not all the time. I'm only human, but yeah. most of the time. Um, I'm able to rationalize a lot better as well. Mm-hmm. And this is, it sounds crazy, but it really is all because I've just started to trust myself and give myself permission to eat the things that I, that my body needs. Um, 
and accept that I have a certain amount of energy um, each day, which changes mm. every day. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what about your relationship with food and the way that you eat? How has that shifted? I know a couple of different times I've shared some of your comments about how um, you've you've said a few different times, you know, it's crazy. I'm actually finding myself wanting to reach for the things that make me feel good, even when there's, you know, some of those other things in the house. So just talk about that experience a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So um when I was doing the healthy eating um, before uh, I joined the group, um, I actually did enjoy the food that I was eating. It mm-hmm. was more so the fact that I was eliminating everything else, the yes. sugar and the carbs and stuff. And now actually I do find my body wanting to eat the um, more nutritious option mm-hmm. most of the time mm-hmm. uh, because it makes me feel good. It yeah. makes me, I don't feel tired um it makes me feel like I've got more energy I'm happier yeah um so yeah absolutely I listen to my body and I reach for those things not all the time because not that's not what I want all the time yeah a lot of the time that's what I go for um and even to the point where it's not a a stereo a meal as such it could just be a little a buffet out of my fridge but I just fancy a little bit of everything and that's okay too it doesn't have to be a a standard meal that I was given as a child, you know? Mm, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what, what would you say to, first of all, what would you say to younger you looking back? What would you want to say to her? I would say, um, to not waste your time. Um, Mm counting calories and trying to look a certain way to please other people because fundamentally it is just to please other people Mm. or to form to the stereotypical healthy image I would say just live in the moment and extract every single bit of joy and happiness out of that moment don't be worrying about anything that is out of your control and if it isn't in this moment it isn't in your control Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. And what would you say to somebody who is where were you were a few months ago? Binging, overeating, obsessed with the your scale, obsessed with how you look, obsessed with um, changing your body, obsessed with trying to eat perfect. And then, you know, falling off track and promising you're going to start again and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, what would you say to that person who stumbles upon this process and is, you know, maybe thinking, huh, this seems, this sounds interesting, but scary. And I don't know if I'm ready for it. What would you say to that person? I would say, I know it's absolutely terrifying and it's scary thinking that, you might fail at something again, um, but just do it because you can't fail at this. There's so much support. There's no failing. Um, you feel better. You've got more mental space to do other things. You're not mm. anxious. And just don't base your self-worth on your appearance, your mm. weight, scale, say, on some number that... Uh, you're you're trying to get to on a scale it's crazy because then what yeah. it's not happy 
not true happiness it's not yeah. true happiness and I just think there's so much more to life um and it's just it's very freeing mm, yeah I love that yeah and it's it's interesting you know you said um I love when you said you know because even if you do reach the number then what you know because yeah. you, you talked a little bit about you know yeah sure you had lost the weight but what changed yeah. <laughs> like not, nothing changed in in with your relationship with your body or your or yourself or your scale or your relationship with food you were still stuck in all of the same patterns with food and trying to keep the weight off and maybe trying to lose more and i've talked about that before in my own life too right how it was the exact same thing for me like weight loss is sold as this miracle magical solution to health and happiness but okay let's even pretend you actually do lose the weight then what yeah. <laughs> like nothing really changes. You're still stuck in the same patterns with food. And then the, the next battle of just trying to keep it off or even getting even smaller starts to kick in and the obsession literally never ends. Um, it, it really, it really doesn't. And I can, I can give an example of, um, I signed up for like a 75 day miracle worker thing. And, uh, <laughs> do you know, it was great. I, I look at the start, um I looked one way which looking back now is I don't even know why I wanted to change myself anyway but um and I got to this place which I I looked like the vision I looked like the board that they said I would look like and then I signed on again because it wasn't quite good enough yeah yeah. and I failed that time and then I tried again and I failed that time and I wasn't it wasn't because of um motivation or Mm. willpower it was because it doesn't work it's tiring (laughs) exhausting it's not life life doesn't work according to this set of rules that some random person set to make a load of money out of you basically yeah and it's interesting how you said you know you you got there and and you got that image but then it, it, it you're still not happy you had to sign up again to get you know maybe even a better image and it was the exact same way for me you know I I got to my goal weight, but then what? Well, that still wasn't good enough. So then I had to transform my body more. Well, that still wasn't good enough. Then what? Well, then I had to compete. Well, that still wasn't good enough. Then what? Well, then I had to compete for a pro card, right? Like it, it's like, it, it's never enough because we don't feel like we're enough. No, and that's it. You're not, you're not happy and you're, I was, I'm ashamed to say I was constantly judging people by my own standards. And, mm-hmm. and with that, I wasn't, getting to know people it was yeah. do you go to the gym no oh okay yeah. that's not that's not kind that's that's my insecurities that I'm reflecting on other people yeah um, and since then so since this process I've been so much more open to listening to people and having conversations that are not related to food or the gym things mm-hmm. that actually matter I love that you mentioned that because I, we've we've talked about this several times too mm-hmm. and um the the way the the way that you've noticed how boring <laughs> and yeah. annoying those conversations are now and 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 superficial and you're uh, growing intolerance for them just because mm-hmm. there's so many other things in the world to talk about and and you really start to become aware of how much time and energy people spend wasting on all of that external crap that superficial mm-hmm. external crap right and it's, yeah. it's kind of frustrating when you start coming out of it and going like, wait a second, there's so much more to life than whether or not I had 20 grams of carbs for supper. 
yeah or whether I you know wrote down how many calories I'd got left and yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's exhausting to live and it's exhausting to listen to now that I'm aware as to how often that is the topic of conversation it's sad it yeah. really is yeah yeah truly truly sad so is there anything else we haven't uh, touched on or talked about that you wanted to maybe share or dive into or, or get into a little bit today? Anything that I'm not thinking of? I, every time I do an, in, an like interview like this, I'm always like, I'm just not great at this whole interview thing. And I don't know what to ask. The mind goes blank, right? Um, I always feel like when we're on the calls, we get into such like the the group calls, we get into such deep conversations. And I always think these are so good. And then I try to get on like an interview or something. And it's this whole different dynamic for me. It's like, I feel like I'm supposed to be Oprah Winfrey or something. Maybe again, that's that whole measuring up thing. And I'm just not measuring up as an interviewer. No, it's not. I think... (laughs) I think for me, the only thing, well, a couple of things I want to say is that this program has been, for me, life-changing in that it's okay to make mistakes. It's a safe place in the chat. We talk about the mistakes that we make. We find the humor in them. We brush ourselves off. We start again. We don't beat ourselves up. We don't wallow in each other's misery we pick each other up and that I really look forward to the chats each week I look forward to the material Mm. um if I get any spare time I want to read over the material and learn a little bit about myself because in turn I'm learning about other people um and being in this this cycle of healthy eating then binging it's exhausting and it's no way to spend your life Mm. and yeah what even is health because if your mind's not happy and you're not in a good place you don't know how to take that breath and mm-hmm. um, create a pause between in between um you know decisions then mm. it's exhausting and it's there's more to life yeah yeah I love that yeah for sure um yeah and and so I don't know if I'm outing you a little bit here and and maybe um you you didn't necessarily want me to share this and I can cut it if if so, but (laughs) um, you've recently uh, started also going the step farther into working to become a coach to help do this kind of work and teach other people. Because one of my, I haven't talked publicly too much about this part of my, my, my future plans too much yet, because I haven't opened this program up to the public yet, but I've, my, my main goal is to have a whole host of coaches out there teaching this process um, because I do think that it's so incredibly powerful and I want to build a little army of people helping to change the world. And I'm really excited that you've uh, taken that on and you're, you're working towards you know, doing some of this work maybe in the future yourself. How does that feel to be able to take what you've learned and help other people who are where you were the thought of doing that so uh, when I removed the dieting and the um the binging from my life um I felt like I got no purpose whatsoever and doing, <laughs> yeah who am I, mean, I without I really it did. yeah I, I I was attached to it it was me it defined yeah. me um but then 
I started doing the program. I started doing the coaching element of it. And um, I'm so passionate about it now. Mm. Uh, I think because I realized how much people talk about the pressure of social media, the pressure that's placed upon them to look a certain way. Mm. I just want to be able to change the way people look at others. Um, I don't think it's a nice, it's not a nice place to be when you don't like yourself. And if I could just help one person like themselves just a little bit more, then then goal achieved for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's an incredible feeling to know that you're taking something that was such a struggle for you and doing something really positive and helping to, you know, change somebody else's life in the way that yours has has been changed. I love that. And yeah, and hopefully learning from learn from my mistakes instead of making the mistakes yourself and wasting Mm -hmm. so much time being wrapped up in them (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah because I often like it's not uncommon at all for my inbox to be full of stories from women in their 70s and 80s who started just in their teens like we Mm -hmm. did or or younger like I've, I've heard stories from from women who said they started as young as six you know going to Weight Watchers meetings with their mothers Um, and you know, they're in their fifties and sixties now, and they're still in the exact same fight with food, except all they, they just keep getting heavier because it just keeps perpetuating that cycle of weight gain. Right. Cause every time you're about to start again tomorrow, you just eat and eat and eat until, until tomorrow. (laughs) And it just perpetuates that cycle. Yeah. And, and And stay, it lasts. Yeah. And I think, I think as well, um I have a daughter now and I think this is a key opportunity um to change the way that she may think if she's exposed to all of this external influence um to teach her that true happiness isn't about the way you look it's about Mm the kindness that you show yourself, the kindness that you show other people. And this program like really does teach all that hundred percent. If I'd have listened to me a year ago, I'd have thought, I wouldn't have even thought it was me. Mm -hmm. I was so wrapped up in pretending to be somebody that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing for many years. I often say, you know, especially the whole time I was a trainer um, in a lot of ways, it was almost easier when I was a trainer, because that's what I was doing. It was just the persona. Yeah. Right. It was just the persona of the badass trainer that I was putting forth. And it's in some ways, that's almost a little bit easier because it's, it doesn't feel so vulnerable. Yeah. You don't feel quite so exposed when you're just kind of pretending to be somebody, but it's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) it's so exhausting and it's so difficult to be connected. Like, you know, we've talked about that connection. It's so difficult to be connected to yourself and to understand what you even want or need when all you're doing is just trying to, you know, put forth this image of what you think people expect. Yeah. It's exhausting. Um, And you've, yeah, you've talked uh, several times about some of the ways that the way you're approaching food with your daughter has changed too. And I love hearing that because so yeah. often these issues that we grow up with around food starts when we're kids with our parents trying to help us eat healthy. Right. And, and, you know, 
it starts when our parents are saying, no, no, you can't eat that. Or you can't eat that until you have this, because that's the treat. And this is the healthy food. And, and it just, and, you know, it's not about, I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to blame parents for it or anything, because they're just doing the best that they know how they're just doing right. Like we're all just trying to do the best we can for our kids. We want them to be healthy and we're just doing what we learned how without recognizing what that's teaching our kids and the impact that it can have on the way that they end up eating as an adult, right? Because that's how it starts in us. That's how that fear starts in us. It's how the restriction starts in us. Right. So I, I, I always love when I get messages from you about the, some of the, the shifts that you've been, you've been making with your daughter too. I know you've talked about um, letting up on some of those quote, healthy rules with her as well. (laughs) Absolutely. And I'm finding more and more that she's making choices for herself that I would have made for her. But of course, as a five-year-old, it's better that she's choosing to eat the the broccoli and the sweet corn and the pasta or or, or whatever it is. Um, But it's everything around the eating as well. I remember being a child and being forced to sit at the table until I'd finished everything on my plate. And now with her, I'm like, is your tummy happy? And she actually talks to her tummy. It's quite cute. Oh, I I love it. Yeah, she'll go, hi, tummy, are you full? And, you know, um, she'll be like, yeah, I'm full now, but that's cool, no problem. Put it on the side in the kitchen. Sometimes she'll go back and say, oh, actually, I'm still a little bit hungry. And sometimes she won't. Mm -hmm. And I had a problem with um, waste for quite a long time. So sometimes I'd just put it in the fridge, I'd freeze it. Or mm-hmm. now I just think, well, if you don't want to eat it, then don't eat it. Yeah, You'll tell me if you're hungry. Um, and yeah, she's making good choices. Mm. Good choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I often hear that, that from, from the people that I work with, the, the whole, you know, one of the things that, that, sort of it starts to embed the distrust in them as kids is the whole, you know, don't get up from your table until your plate is clean kind of thing. Because when we're a kid and our, you know, we think that we're done eating and our parent comes along and says, no, no, you can't leave the table until your, your plate is clean. Then that sort of reinforces this notion that, oh, well, you know, they know more than I do about the world. So maybe I actually am still hungry and need to eat more, you know, and it kind of starts planting those seeds of distrust when, you know, the parent maybe is just worried about wasting food or something and not thinking about the impact that that may have. Um, I think in a lot of households, that's absolutely what it is. It's the, it's the waste element of it. And I completely understand that, but Mm -hmm. you can equally put it in the fridge and they can have it later. That's what's working for me. Personally, I love doing that because the more leftovers I have in the fridge, the less I have to cook again. And oh, I am 100%. all for cooking as little as possible. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Leftovers are the best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more and likely think- to be, are you sure you're not done? You're sure you're not done? Let me put yeah. that in the fridge, save the rest for later. <laughs> the, the thing is with that this is this I mean for me I used to meal prep like twice a week I yeah. made sure everything was you know I'd be cooking all the time and now I just I've got other things I want to do with yeah. um with my time yeah yeah um, it's interesting you say actually what has sorry go ahead no 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 carry on no, I was just going to say, you talked about the, the meal prep and obviously, you know, I, I competed, I did the same thing for years and, um, my, my meal preps 
first of all, a lot of the time, what would end up happening is I would have an entire fridge full of meals prepped, but mm. I would open the fridge and I'd be like, oh, oh I cannot eat another piece of baked chicken. I'm going to hurl. Yeah. If I have to gag down one more piece of asparagus, I'm going to burn the house down. Like I cannot do it. And so I'd ignore the food that was in the fridge and I'd end up binging for the rest of the week because, you know, oops, fell off track. Um, but what had happened, what, what ended up happening was that I, I was, I got so programmed by that clean eating, um, message that I started fearing anything that wasn't supposedly clean. Yeah. And so thing just, just even something quick and simple, um, you know, that I might've had for dinner before, if I didn't feel like cooking something, um, I wouldn't touch anymore. Like just even, um, you know, a TV dinner or something. There are some pretty decent ones out there now that aren't too, too, you know, they're, they're getting better, like frozen dinners than they used to be. They're getting a little bit better. There are some that aren't too, too bad anymore. And so even something like that, I was so scared of having something like that, that I, 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 oh, I can't have that because it's a packaged meal, but, but I wouldn't feel like cooking. So what I would do instead is just have like a bag of potato chips or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't even tell you how many times I did that. And then after a while, you know, when I started coming out of that world, I started being like, no, you know what? That's ridiculous. Yeah. If I don't feel like cooking, then, you know, I can have something else that doesn't necessarily need to be an entire, like, you know, meal prepped kind of clean thing. I can have, I can have something frozen. It's not the yeah. end of the world. If I happen to throw in a frozen lasagna once in a while, because I don't feel like making something right but I was so scared of doing that, that it had just ended up turning into a binge, which looking back is ludicrous. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's ludicrous be that I would, well, I'm scared of having that. So I'm just going to binge on potato chips and sugar instead, yeah. but there's no rational thinking happening when you're stuck in that cycle. There's there no, no rational thinking. No. <laughs> no. Rationale goes out. You know, when you're stood in front of the fridge looking for the next thing to binge mm. on, there's no, it's like your mind is in a whirl. You're not thinking, you're no. just looking for something to fill that, um, that anxiety, that, uh, that self-loathing that mm. you feel in that moment. You're just yeah. looking to fill that hole where a little bit of, a bit of compassion and, and kindness for yourself should that should that is what should be filling the hole not the yes. food but yes you it's a coping mechanism it's a coping yeah. mechanism and it's after years and years and years that's what you go to right mm -hmm. but for sure with the clean eating I would get to a point where my daughter would only be eating clean things as well because why mm -hmm. would I feed my daughter anything other than that so mm -hmm. you know you'd go to a party and there'd be cake and chocolate and my anxiety would be the through the roof um and now I just think, well, kids will be kids, you know? Kids eat cake. Yeah. <laughs> and I eat somehow cake. they've been eating cake for generations and somehow they've survived yeah. until now. I think they're going to be fine. Literally this morning, just this morning, I, I think it was on Twitter. I saw um, somebody had, had shared uh, a post by a mother who said she does not allow her child to eat cake. And so I assume anything else that's considered quote bad, you know, because of the additives and whatever the fuck else. Um, and she, but the kid, but he was at a birthday party 
and his little friend snuck him a piece of cake and she was wild because you know freaking out because this 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 little boy snuck his friend a piece of his birthday cake and she's you know ready to freak out on the the kid's friend or something because like it's a piece of birthday cake I can't imagine the level of fear that she's instilling in her son over something that like it's like people have been eating cake for generations like it's not the sky is not going to fall because your kid had a piece of cake like it's not you know health is not made or lost based on one food choice it's yeah it Mm. broke my heart to see that yeah and it breaks her because it's uh it's a hard situation for both because clearly she she's got a lot of fear around around food and I relate Mm -hmm. to that completely because I think some time ago now I found my daughter um asked me to sing really strange I don't have a particularly great voice and it was (laughs) Yeah, she'd actually snuck some, she'd sneak some um, little chocolates up to her room and she was eating them in mm. privacy and, and, and she was sneaking and she knew she was doing it because she'd asked me to sing. And the guilt I felt because she must have seen me doing that because I 100% did. I'd sneak mm-hmm. to the kitchen and have a little bit of out of the fridge. And that, of course, not, you, you know, on a day-to-day basis, people do that, that that's okay, but... I think she'd also witnessed my my binges mm-hmm. um, and that I thought I'd hidden so well. Yeah. And for yeah, me, we that was never a- hide stuff from them as much as we think we are. <laughs> they know. Well, you think, I mean, I've actually, I understand that a lot more now because I've got so much more headspace to mm-hmm. think about other things. I yeah. notice a lot more. Yeah. So I can only imagine what children notice. They focus on one thing at a time, right? Yeah. And that moment, that moment for me, I messaged you straight away, didn't I? Yeah, I remember it. That moment for me, I didn't know how to deal with because I felt so much guilt and it was awful. But because of um, the the program with you, I was able to sit down and go, okay, I can't change what happened in the past. I can't change the fact I binged. I can't change what she saw, but I can control my reaction in this situation. And I can change what I do in the future. Mm. And I can say to her, and I think I said to her, sweetie, you don't need to eat them in, in secret. It's a whole box. Eat them all if you want. Yeah. Go for it. And she, I bet and she didn't, did she? Once she was allowed, I bet she didn't. <laughs> she had a few. And then she said, mommy, I feel sick. Well, yeah. yeah. She feels sick. And some people would perhaps say that that's not a great way of doing it, but I think that's the best, I think that's the best way you can do it because then it's in her control and she's learning that, oh, right. Okay. So when I do that, I can have as much as I want, but when I have that much, I feel like crap. Wait, my tummy's not so happy anymore. Right. Kids are born into bodies that want happy tummies. (laughs) And if we just allow them the space to learn what makes their own tummies happy, then They have Mm -hmm. the ability to make those choices and they're usually pretty good at it. I remember many years ago, um, I was still kind of very stuck in, in the, the, you know, healthy eating world myself back then. And, um, I remember my, my brother, sister-in-law and their kids were up for vacation. They had just arrived to visit for the week. And 
we had gone out to dinner. They had been driving. It's a 14 hour drive and they had all driven up to visit. And, and so of course, on the way up, you know, you're kind of stopping and eating a lot of takeout or you're, you know, getting some gas station stuff or whatever. And, and she's, she's somebody that's very kind of obsessive about food herself, I think a little bit too much, but anyway, she's, she's raised the kids in, in a very like organic kind of obsessed food with food household sort of. Um, but they're used to eating, not used to eating a whole bunch of stuff like that. So they know what makes them feel good and what doesn't. And they, we, so we went out to dinner and the, my oldest niece, we sat down and, you know, they're out, we're all looking at menus and my oldest niece says, mommy, can I just get a salad? My stomach doesn't feel very good from all that stuff we were eating on the way up. And I went, holy crap, you can do that. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) And and who knows, maybe that was something that planted a seed in me that, wait a second, maybe I should focus on how I feel instead of what I'm allowed or not allowed. (laughs) Cause she just, she genuinely just recognized there's, you know, this little kid that's out to dinner and she genuinely just recognized, wait, no, I kind of feel like crap. And I would just rather something that's going to make me feel better. Yeah. Kids are smart. We don't give them enough credit. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a question I ask myself now. Like, how is this going to make me feel? Yeah. How is this going to make me feel? And is it serving me right now? Yeah. Yeah. And the answer, if we hear, I don't care, right? Mm. If we're about to eat something, because that's a big one. I know that that you've heard that. (laughs) You've heard that a few times over the past few months. Um, you know, and so when we hear, I, I, you know, if we're about to eat something that we know is going to make us feel like garbage, and then we hear, I don't care, you know, it's not a sign that we're hopeless and, and you can't change it. It's just a sign that, okay, so there's something else going on here that's causing me to not give a crap about putting things in my body that are going to make me feel like shit. Right. Yeah. And so then that's something that I have to look at. And I think, um, I think you'd probably agree every time you've, you know, noticed that happen and then reached out to me and messaged me about it. And we've talked through it. It's always been sort of one of those things. Well, well, you know, I was telling myself I'm a crummy mom or I'm a, you know, I didn't, I, so there's always something behind it. That's, you know, sort of causing that, that self-punishment that I talk about so often when we start thinking, well, I don't care about eating something that's going to make me feel like crap. Yeah, it's recognizing the triggers. It's recognizing the triggers and catching them before it leads to a binge. And I still have to do that now sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's almost replacing that habit with something else. Um, mm. in I will take a deep breath or mm. I will just step onto my yoga mat. I might not do any yoga, but I'll just step onto my yoga mat. And that sometimes affords me that little pause before I make a decision. Mm. And okay maybe is it the decision between I think I said a few weeks ago uh in my head I was like I really want a brownie and I went back to that old state of mind of oh the brownie's really bad for you blah 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 blah, blah. and then I thought through it I thought no I'm a big girl I give myself <laughs> permission to have a brownie if I want a brownie you know and uh so I walked to the shop I got a brownie I had some of the brownie and I thought eh, that'll do I've had enough and I popped mm-hmm. it away till later and I can't honestly say in my entire life have I ever done that because I've always thought I'm going to eat the entire brownie because I have to eat it now you know equally if I'd wanted to eat all of that that's absolutely fine as well 
because mm-hmm. I'm not going to continue the rest of the day yeah. binging. I've fallen off the bandwagon. I've fallen off the wagon. Yeah. And I've got to start again tomorrow. That's the joy of it, mm. you know? But then at the same time, say I had that brownie and my friend invited for me to, to go for tea. I don't have to make a decision between going for tea because I ate the brownie. Mm-hmm. I can just go out for tea, you know? That's yeah. the difference. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just so much more freeing and easier. Mm. There, are, there are challenges, of course, but it's just remembering to Breathe. question yourself. Why do you want it? Um, are you hungry? Are you legitimately hungry? Mm. And there are times when I still use food as a, as a comfort, because like you say, there's many reasons why we eat. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I was, I'm just a little bit stressed and I want to have a little bit of what I consider to be comfort food, or mm-hmm. I want to have a little bit more of the food because it was super tasty and mm-hmm. that's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point too, because, um, you know, again, we're so conditioned to believe that food is fuel. We're only supposed to use food for fueling our bodies and anything else, any other kind of eating over and above physical hunger is bad. And I talk a lot about the difference between, you know, eating for physical hunger or other reasons, but it's not to say that eating for other reasons is bad. It's not automatically bad. It's completely and totally normal to enjoy something that you genuinely just love, right? It's completely and totally normal to rely on food a little bit sometimes just to kind of in that moment comfort a little bit when you're just too exhausted to do anything else. Like these things are normal. Um, The difference for me lies in how, like, is it working for me? Like are, are the ways that I'm using food in other ways helping me feel better? So, you know, in in the example of, of using food for comfort is just having a a cookie or two right now in this moment, just genuinely just comforting me and, and helping me get through this, this stressful moment, or am I having 10 cookies and then continuing to eat the whole rest of the day because I'm terrified to feel this emotion And then I end up feeling sick and I don't have any other coping strategies for the, right. So there's the difference between just like, is this genuinely just helping me in this moment to get through it? Cause it's just, I don't have the energy to do anything else about it. Or is it making me actually feel worse because I don't have any other coping strategies and I'm doing this all the time. And, you know, all I'm doing is relying on food and it's making me you know, it's, it's making me put things in my body too often that makes me feel like crap. So there's a difference there between just, you know, is it genuinely helping or not? And, you know, we've talked about this in the, in the program too, with, um, um, you know, my, my saner practice where the very last step is checking in with yourself and just asking, is this the kindest choice I can make for myself and recognizing that sometimes the kindest choice I can make for myself might be just letting myself have that cookie right now. It's not always about the salad. (laughs) No, no. that's the thing. And um, with, with food as well, a lot of people will go, Oh, you know, the salad is the the healthier option. Mm -hmm. It's much better for you, but actually it depends on how your body's feeling that day. Maybe you've been for a really long walk. Maybe you're genuinely hungry. Maybe you didn't eat much yesterday. Maybe, you know, it doesn't matter really what the food is. It's whether it's going to help your body feel better. Yeah. And it's also, it, it also as well is 
genu- what you genuinely enjoy and what will genuinely help you feel satisfied and good, right? I always use the example, I, I, I like to compare um, asparagus and licorice because they're two foods. One is supposedly good, one is supposedly bad, and they're both kind of like stick kind of foods. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like they're, okay. they're kind of similar, okay. but polar opposites, right? Yeah. And so, so for me, asparagus, I cannot stand asparagus. It makes me mm. nauseous. My stomach turns thinking about it. And I'm telling you, I had to eat asparagus like four times a day when I was training for competition. Believe me, I have tried to like asparagus. I have tried to find a way to cook it that I enjoy. I do not like it. Yeah. It makes me nauseous and I gag and I'm miserable trying to eat a piece of asparagus. I enjoy a piece of licorice. I would argue I feel better having a piece of licorice than I do having a piece of asparagus. But if I'm trying to force myself to have the quote, good choice, I'm not even recognizing that. I'm not even recognizing that. And so I think that's, it's important to recognize that just because somebody else says it's a healthy choice, then it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right choice for you at any given moment. I um I can completely relate to that because I do recall uh, one time I did a, a celery juice thing <laughs> and uh, you, had cucumber, you had to put cucumber in it. Okay, so if somebody chops um, cucumber with a knife and then uses it on my tomato, I can taste the cucumber on the tomato. I really don't like it, but I convinced myself that it was the right thing to do to have this <laughs> concoction of celery and cucumber for so many days. Yeah. And I really, it might be really super healthy. I couldn't stand it. And I can't stand cucumber. I don't like it. That's that. It's exactly the same thing. I just, I can't abide it. I don't want to eat it, uh, you know? And it is, it's crazy the amount of things that you force yourself to like. Um, But you're only only doing it because they say it's super healthy. They say this is healthy. So this is what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, who even are they? Exactly. And they can't even agree anyway. Yeah. None of them can ever agree. So yeah. Uh, The the other example I often give is, um, you know, something like broccoli, everybody, oh, broccoli is so healthy, but you know, some people get quite upset stomachs from eating broccoli. Right. And if you're not connected to how your body's responding to the things that you're eating and all you're doing is trying to force yourself to eat the thing you think you're supposed to eat, you don't recognize that. Because you're just stuck in, well, I got to do this thing. And then, you know, yeah. Anyway, we have talked for a very long time today. <laughs> Every time we talk, like it's very unlike us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thank you ever so much for your time today. Um, I hope you'll, you'll come back and join me again sometime. We'll talk some more about some of this stuff and some of, some of maybe each of our experiences and. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. So conversation going. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Holly. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Being More with Ronnie Davis. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about embodied cognitive eating training and access free resources, 
visit www.ecet.online.